0: It's This is Dan. Welcome to the eventually Trained 7th anniversary mini-sode. We've been on the air since July 4th, 2016. Uh, thank you everyone who's listened to every single episode. And if this is your first episode, well, welcome. Hopefully we'll do another uh, 7 years. And uh, what are we doing here? We are doing... We mm, here, Here's what it comes down to. There's, there are several short-lived shows out there. That I would love to cover, but for mainly one of two reasons I don't. Uh, recently, or r- right at this moment, actually, uh, Reyes and I are, are covering Lucan. And if you know the history of Un- Lucan, you know that after the first episode of Lucan, it was interrupted for 11 to 12 weeks with a show called San Pedro Beach Bums. I've never seen San Pedro Beach Bums. I believe it began with a TV movie, and then there were 12, 13 episodes of the show, and then it was canceled. It was an hour long. I think it was like an hour long sitcom or at least an hour-long comedy, which they didn't really do back then. And, I mean, 8 is Enough had a laugh track on it, but that was as much drama as it was comedy. And half the time, those the lab, when the laugh track goes off in 8 is Enough, you think, was that a joke? Anyway, but, but you San Pedro Beach Bums, and the thing with the Beach Bums is that I think you can, you can find the movie, the TV movie online, but finding the episodes is nigh on impossible. And then there are other shows like... Um, I would. I've always been wanting to do maybe a side podcast about the Animal House ripoffs. Um, was I forget which networks they were on? But it was. Um, I think I'm gonna. am I'm gonna make this up. Like who I, want, I, I forget. CBS had Coed Fever. And one of them had Brothers and Sisters. ABC, and the other was Delta House, and Delta House was the official one. Um, from the National Lampoon guys and um, and it lasted for I think like 13 episodes had, they were all mid-season replacements I want to say yes I've got it actually right here ABC was Delta House and then NBC was Brothers and Sisters CBS's Co-Ed Fever January is when these three so basically each each of the major networks had their own Animal House type show in January the first of them Delta House began and by April all three of them were off the air so it's basically about three months these three sitcoms came on, all based on the same movie and were all gone. So Delta House, like I said, was the one from the gang at National Lampoon, that was thirteen episodes, I believe, and that was actually picked up, I think, for more episodes. But the National Lampoon people were so the 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 standards of practices were so stringent that they couldn't actually they couldn't do a lot of the stuff that made Animal House such a big hit. They couldn't obviously they couldn't get raunchy they could bad words violence sex nudity none of that they, they couldn't do any of that and, and they basically they were i guess they were offered another half season or season and they said Nah, we're going to pass and then you had brothers and sisters which began i, I want to say began soon after um maybe uh maybe a week or so after uh delta house don't quote me on that And that that was on, yeah, that was on NBC, and I think that was more like a regular sitcom, and that lasted for 12 episodes. And I know of Brothers Sisters basically because in the, um, what is it, the, is it the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6th, I think, um, Battle of the Network stars the one that aired in, I believe, May of 79, um mary crosby is on battle of the network stars for brothers and sisters even though brothers and sisters have been canceled at that point and of course the third of them is is Coed fever which um is sort of um infamous it had one episode february 4th 1970 apparently they made six but one episode aired and it got canceled before it went beyond that so i love the i, lo- I mean you could tell that things are going to be bad right so it all starts off in the second half uh, within a week of one another, two of them start airing. The start of February, the third one airs and goes off immediately after the first episode, and by the end of April, all three of them are gone. And the thing with that is I'd love to do a show that covers all three of those, but I can't find any of the brothers and sisters. I can find scenes from Co-Ed Fever, and I can find about ten of the episodes from Delta House. I want to say they were on archive.org at one time, but they may not be any longer. Um, but but so so that's you know that's one of the the things there sometimes shows are just tough to find and the other big thing is that sometimes and that's the case of what we're going to be talking about today sometimes with certain shows where there the shows are very formulaic um you can i i don't feel like i'd be able to talk about the show in with any relevance or any any Anything anything I mean I mean I could do very, very short chats for each episode on some of these shows, but um, I, just, I just feel there are a few shows out there where when I look at them, I really enjoy them but I'm like I think, what can I say? I mean, what can I say apart from maybe like saying, well this the formula in this episode differs from the formula of the previous episode by this now having, having, having said that um, you know and saying that I, I, you know covering a show like that would be difficult, The show that is going to replace Gemini Man. Which is in sort of the same vein as the show I'm about to talk about. The show I'm about Yeah, which is which is in sort of the same vein as the show I'm about to discuss. Uh that that show is is very formulaic too, but I think there's enough in it to justify the oh, we're gonna try anyways. But the show I'm gonna talk to you about here is one where it's just so it's so sort of odd and formulaic at the same time that I don't know that I can justify talking in depth over at 16 episodes and it's also technically a show that is sort of like the it's it sort of is kind of in both of these categories it doesn't technically exist on home video or online but it sort of does and it's also one that i don't think i could talk about that that and uh, that in depth and i know what you're saying hey dan you've been talking for about six minutes now why don't you tell us what the show is well you probably could tell from the um from the uh the the music that played it's 1970 to 1971's Sabrina and the Groovy ghoulies 16 hour long episodes uh let's see the first one aired give me a moment the first one aired September 12th 1970 and the 16th one aired December 26th 1970 like I said they were an hour long and um they they're they're the show itself sabrina the groovy ghoulies has not been released on home video however sabrina has been and the groovy ghoulies have been yeah archie was around since 1942 and um still yeah still around and uh you know in the in the in the 40s there was a uh 40s in into the yeah in the 40s In the 40s into the 50s, there was an Archie radio show, which I've only heard a few episodes of. It's not particularly great, but it is... I guess it has an Archie feel to it, and it's got like a... The, most of the audience seems to be kids, and they seem to shriek and scream a lot. Um, the good thing with the kids is that since they're a lot of those radio shows, those radio shows they had live audiences, and sometimes you could tell on some of them, like say Fred McGee and Molly and, and Abbott and Costello, that they're really making the crowd overdo it when it comes to laughter. The fun thing with Archie Andrews is that like sometimes there's just, you know, there'll be a joke and there just won't be any laughter, or you'll hear like three kids laughing. Stuff like that, which I find amusing. And so, yeah, Archie went on, and in, um, forgive me, I believe it was 1962, Archie's Madhouse, number 22, premiered Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, that's Sabrina Spellman, uh, who is, her mom was human, her dad was a warlock. She lives with Aunt Hilda and Aunt Zelda. Um, now, in, um, I think she lives outside of... Riverdale. She lives, I think, Riverdale adjacent, I believe. um, Not quite in Riverdale. Um, although I think it's Sabrina the Groovy Ghoulies. She lives in Riverdale. Um, and I think that may have changed as time went on. And Sabrina started off as just a character appearing every once in a while doing like supernaturally witchy things. And then uh, eventually I think she got her own comic. I think in the early 70s and the 80s. And she got her own comic again in the 90s when the Melissa Joan Hart sitcom was on. And then um, she got another comic and miniseries and blah blah blah. She's always been around. Sabrina has always been around. And in nineteen sixty eight, Filmation did an Archie's animated series. And one of the things they did was they included. They wanted to be like the monkeys, but animated. So they included musical numbers. Of course, if you know your 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 pop history pop music history there was an archie song called sugar 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 oh, Honey, honey you are my candy girl and i'm so in love with you or something like that i forget am I making some of those lyrics up um but it was sugar sugar and it was a, I believe, it was a number one hit, so it was huge. And so then the next season on on Saturday morning, sixty nine to seventy, there was the uh, Sabrina Archie Hour. and They wanted to use, I, I hear, like Filmation wanted to use a lesser known sort of character, and I guess went in fact when they went to uh, um, the Archie Comics people and said we want to use Sabrina, they were like, why? So they used Sabrina, and then in nineteen seventy seventy one, while Archie was doing like Archie's. Funhouse, Something like that. Um, they decided to do uh, an hour-long Sabrina show using new characters. What I have heard was that the problem with Filmation doing Archie's is that, of course, you know, the Archie's characters were all owned by another company, so, you know, they, they made money and did all right off off of it, but yeah, any merchandising or any subsidiary stuff, they got nothing. So they created the Groovy Ghoulies, and yes, I know, if you're listening and you're in Britain, Goulies also is another name for a a gentleman's balls so i know that so whenever i say ghoulies you let me say ghoulies get your giggles out get your laughs out we gotta and we're gonna go on with it because uh in america don't it don't mean anything it's like ghouls you know so but but i know in mid britain and such it it means you're canuts so um so ghoulies uh they created them and they were very much based on obviously universal monsters and things like that. They lived in a um, a house that's sort of on a weird little cliff like island a house called Horrible Hall uh, on the edges of Riverdale. I mean, it's within within easy driving distance because I think there are several episodes later in the series where like Riverdale characters, I think Reggie goes to Horrible Hall at one time. So so Horrible Hall is right outside. I don't know if it's something we're like. There, there's like some sort of magical cloak over it or something so people kind of know it's there but they don't kind of wonder about it or what it is but certainly like Sabrina and Aunt Hilda they, they go to and fro there and, and you know Sabrina appears hanging out with the ghoulies on more than one occasion or you know, her cousins you know they're, they're Aunt Hilda's nephews and it's Hilda's nephews and uh, what uh, Filmation did was in the 1970-71 season They did an hour-long show And I'm going to I have something to, Actually a, Technically a 50-minute show But it was an hour-long hour, hour long show In the time slot I believe it was on um, Don't quote me this I believe it was 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Yes, indeed I did check It's uh, 9 to 10 On CBS In between the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour Josie and the Pussycats And the Harlem Globetrotters Then Archie's Funhouse Was on for an hour between 11 and noon and then Scooby-Doo Where Are You uh, and then the repeats of the monkeys and oh interesting okay so anyway so what they did was they had the half an hour show and in the previous Archie Sabrina uh, show there would be two Sabrina segments and the segments are like 10 to 11 minutes each I say 10 to 11 minutes each I'm actually looking here the, the two segments that are in this episode short changed and uh, rose colored glasses are actually about 9 minutes each and uh and then they would um what they would do with uh sabrina and the groovy Ghouls is every episode would start off with a we we'll would say a ten minute just a it up segment of Sabrina in Riverdale with the Riverdale gang no groovy Ghouls allowed and then you would basically get um the next uh i i want to say half hour it's not not really half hour it's more like um 20 minutes the next and then the next 20 minutes or so of the show would be um let me start this over now the way the the hour-long show would work is it would start off with the credits about a minute long and you heard the credits at the beginning the interesting thing with the credits is that that theme song was made into the groovy ghoulies theme song with some new words and a bit of a different mix to it and obviously a different um opening credit sequence which featured the ghoulies was sabrina the groovy ghoulies opening that you just heard is interesting because uh, apparently no one can find the um the animation for it. So what they used to do with the filmations used to do at this time was they they you know they have the opening credits with the Groovy Gooleys and this that and the other and then the closing credits would be the same thing, but with the credits over the images and no one can find the um what the images were. so you go online and you could hear the song sabrina and the Groovy Gooleys theme, you can see a fan created version of what they think the um opening what the what the images might be, but there's no um it's not there. no one can find it. So so that's one of the tricky things with talking about Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies is the opening and closing credits. We have no video for them. We have no picture. It's just the audio. But then the first segment is a is basically a ten minute or so segment of Sabrina. And it's her in Riverdale without the Groovy Ghoulies. It's just the Riverdale gang as if it were an episode from the previous season, Sabrina and Archie's show. And in fact um, it's interesting because there are 16 episodes, so that means there are 16 of these non-Gooly segments. And in the last four episodes, but they only made 12 new segments for this. So the first 12 episodes of Sabrina the Groovy Ghoulies had brand new Sabrina segments. But the last four Sabrina the Groovy Ghoulies, the, the non-Gooly segments, are actually taken from repeated, repeated um, from the first season, the Archie and the Sabrina show. So, does that make sense? So, if you watch this show, episodes 1 through 12, Sabrina the Groovy Ghoulies, you are seeing brand new, the opening segment, non-gooly Sabrina segment, you are seeing new episodes. Then, if you watch episodes 13 through 16, you are seeing, and I don't know which, basically segments from the previous season. They're just repeating them. Now, the Groovy Ghoulies got a full 30, uh, thirty two, sixteen to 16, um, uh, Sixteen segments. So every Groovy Ghoulie segment in the Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies is a new. Well, obviously, it would be a new one because there aren't any previous ones. But um, but of course, they could repeat from earlier in the season, right? But they don't. So you start off with the uh, credits, one, about one minute, then about a ten-minute segment with Sabrina and, uh, and without the Ghoulies, and then you get um, basically twenty minutes of Groovy Ghoulie stuff. Then another. 10-minute Sabrina segment, this time with the ghoulies involved, and then the credits. So basically, you're talking 42, 43, about 42, 43 minutes of show, uh, which you might think, oh boy, that's really short, isn't it, Damn, But you got to keep in mind that at this time, the way Saturday morning cartoons work, because um, parents thought they were so... Isn't it interesting with parents, like... I think it was our good friend, the great Kristen Hawes, I, I saw a quote that she put on, on a tweet that said... um when parents become, when people become, when kids become parents, they always forget what they were like when they're kids. And when older parents, when, and when parents become older parents, they forget what they were like when they were parents. But I, it's, it's. it's so what used to happen was the last five minutes basically 25 to 30 and 55 to 60 of every hour was devoted to, you know, kids news you know, let's do some math geography is fun, go to the museum stuff like that and so, um, so the shows technically weren't 60 minutes they were 50 minutes filling up you know, So if the show was a half an hour, it would be 25 minutes. But a 60-minute show would be two, 25 minutes, five-minute break, 25 minutes. Boom, that's the way the shows would go. So this being around 43 minutes. Is 43, 40, 42 to 44 minutes is correct for the time period. And you can see that too, like in the Super Friends season that aired in 1973, those episodes are all a little under 45 minutes. You know, so it wasn't, they didn't, I mean, if the, if there had been 15 minutes of commercials, I think the parents would have complained even more right there. So, so, 40, 43, 44 minutes, so that's what, you know, 6 to 7 minutes of commercials in the hour, that's not bad. And so, uh, so yeah, Sabrina the Groovy Ghoulies, uh, began, yeah, like I said, in September uh, of 1970. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to give you a couple of the names here. So Jane Webb did Sabrina and Hilda and Zelda. Uh, who else did she, do? she did Oh, she did Betty and Veronica, Miss Grundy. Uh, oh, she does Bella, Bella the Ghostly. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dallas McKinnon, Archie Andrews, Salem the Cat, Mr. Weatherby. John Irwin did Reggie, and Cousin Ambrose, who will appear later. Oh oh no, I'm sorry, it's Howard Morris, I think is doing the cousin Ambrose. Howie Morris did um, Jughead and and for Groovy Goolies he did Frankie and Wolfie and Fido, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde, Hauntleroy, Orville, the Mummy. Larry D did Bonaparte, Larry Storch Drac, Hagatha, Gula Gulahand, Batso, Ratso. Uh, those are the main voices the show was um, uh, directed created uh, directed by Hal Sutherland who I think also did uh, uh, creation uh, creation on that too I think it was uh and the the main writer, I believe, on it was Jack Mendelson, who had also who's written for uh, at least on the Groovy Ghoulies, He was the main writer, and he had written for Laughin'. And you can tell because whereas the Sabrina segments are straightforward, like nine ten minute little little wacky um, cartoons, as we'll talk about here, the the Groovy Gooley segments are. Um, basically Laugh-In style, blackout gags, short sketches, um, weird little joke moments, um, and uh, uh, there's a weird window segment, like that segment in laugh where they stick their head out of the windows and stuff, and, and things that tell jokes. Yeah, the, the Ghoulies has that. Plus the Ghoulies at the um, at the end of each right, right before like each commercial break, it would have a uh, a song from like the Mummies and the Puppies or the Rolling Headstones, and and there was in fact a song uh, called Chicka Boom which I think went into the top ten. So that did pretty well for them too. So yeah, so so yeah, so so each episode again, again I, did I actually get to? The, yes, I did get to the end of it. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about the very first episode that aired, and again. Um, and I, I have to thank whoever it was who put a list of the Sabrina the Groovy Gooley stuff up on Wikipedia. It's on the Sabrina, uh, the Teenage Witch page, a 1970 TV series. They include the Sabrina the Groovy Gooleys, and they list the Sabrina segments that are in each of the episodes. Um, with the exception, of course, in the last four episodes, they only have the Ghoulies ones because there were no new Sabrina just with Riverdale uh, segments. And then you go to the Groovy Ghoulies page and they list which episodes were on which dates. So September 12th, 1970. And we begin with uh, Short Changed. We begin with Short Changed, which is a non-Ghoulies Sabrina segment. Then we go to uh, our first Ghoulies uh, uh, section, which which is called "When I Grow Up," named after the second song. There are two songs on here: um, "Monster Cookbook" and "When I Grow Up." And then the final, second and final um, Sabrina segment with the Ghoulies in it is "Rose Colored Glasses." And so I'm just going to talk, talk briefly about those. Unfortunately, I can't really discuss the opening closing credits because we can't see them. The song is fun if you know it's ever Everybody shall come on now sing out." You heard it, you know, and that's the song and. It's straightforward. And it's fun, so we go to Short Change. The Short Change is, um, uh, yeah, it's it's the same. segment's about nine minutes, and it's basically um, uh, I, I didn't know Reggie was really. I mean, I knew Reggie could be kind of a jerk, but but Reggie in this is just kind of there at the local malt shop or whatever, and he's just boring everyone to tears with his stories, and including some strange motions pretending to climb a mountain on the side of the wall, and he's just boring everyone to tears. And uh, everyone else is going to a picnic. Jughead's brought the ants. Yes, there is a laugh track in this filmation. Um, I think was the first one they added laugh tracks to um, Saturday morning shows. Um, earlier in the 60s, uh, prime time shows like the Flintstones and Jetsons had added laugh tracks because that's what she did. But um, if you go to the 60s, like mid-60s shows like um, Secret Squirrel, or Adam Ant, and Kuma Cool a little later, they don't have laugh tracks, but Filmation would do that, so they added laugh tracks to theirs and, but the weird thing is that on the DVDs, because the the Sabrina cartoons I'm watching are from the Sabrina the Animated Series 3 DVD set, which came out, I don't know, two, 2013, 2014, something like that and I'm watching the Ink and Paint 3-Disc Groovy Ghoulie set uh, which came out in um, I don't know, 2007, 2008 and I bought the Groovy Ghoulies set. Here, I'd love to talk about how I got into the Groovy Ghoulies and Sabrina, but I think I've already talked enough. So um, if I do a second one of these, I will talk about how I got into the shows originally. But right now, just let you, I'll let you know. I, I did get into them. And the Groovy Ghoulies set, yeah, I bought around 2007, I think, from Fry's Electronics and Burbank, the one that had the 1950s sci-fi theme to it they're both three disc sets but the sabrina has 31 episodes and the ghoulies has 16 so obviously the ghoulies set looks really nice and the sabrina set doesn't it looks it looks just okay but yeah so we get reggie and he's being a jerk and everyone goes um to the picnic without him because he's talking about how great his picnics are and how wonderful he is and you know in the end he says you know he's more rich and more handsome than everyone so why don't why doesn't everyone love him sabrina takes pity on him invites him over for lunch he shows up he's a jerk and hilda um tries to turn him into a frog accidentally turns the parrot into a frog then she uh um what is it the uh uh Lil- Lilip- liliputian potion Uh, to make him shrink and the problem is it was supposed to be like she um he he has soup and each time he has a drop he gets a little little smaller but the problem is the soup falls on his head so he's shrinking and shrinking and shrinking it won't stop basically he's going to incredible shrinking man away and he has like a a, the soup tureen is on top of his head so he can't see what's going on so and he can't get it off his head so he's stumbling along getting smaller and smaller. And Sabrina is after him, trying to catch him, while Aunt Hilda is making a uh, concoction to make him regular size again. And somehow, in the end, he winds up in the middle of Archie Jughead, um, Veronica, and Betty's picnic, and um, everyone runs away because an ant suddenly becomes giant, and then Reggie's back to normal, and um, he eats some chicken wings or chicken legs. And that said, it's wacky and it's crazy, and it's a lot of running around. And I, I don't, was Reggie really like this. You know, it's it's weird with the voices because um, Betty's voice I really like, and Sabrina's voice I really like. Veronica's voice is always way too high for me. Archie, I'm not sure on Jughead. I guess sounds fine. Reggie, I guess sounds fine too. It's it's a, they're an interesting choice of voices. I mean, you're basically just using the same sort of two or three people to kind of do everything. So, and I pretty much Jane Webb is doing like almost all the all the female voices. So. Uh and it's fun. I mean, like I said, it's 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 about nine minutes and it packs a lot into those nine minutes. It's it's weird that it's never um I don't know if it's got something to do with camera angles or what it is, but uh and I okay, I, I, I will say this um it, this is interesting. Okay, um because it it's never it's never boring it's fun to watch and there's a lot of running around and craziness and everything like that. And a lot, I mean, if you actually write down what happens in the nine minutes, a lot of stuff happens. It, it, it doesn't fly by. Now, now I'm saying this in the light of like one of my absolute favorite TV shows at this time is teen Titans go. I absolutely love teen Titans go. And all the episodes of that are around 11 minutes and the fun thing with that show is that show moves at a very quick pace and yet there are very few times when i'm watching an episode where when i get to the end i feel like it's been rushed or i feel like it hasn't done anything everything it wants to do it's 11 minutes it moves very very quickly but it also feels like it's used the 11 minutes i don't quite know how to describe you know like if you if you sit down sometimes and you watch a movie that's You know, ninety minutes. You watch a TV show. You know, an hour-long TV show is maybe forty-five to fifty minutes, and you watch it. Go, huh? That didn't feel like, you know, that didn't feel like ninety minutes or forty-five minutes or fifty minutes. You know, the the thing with the thing with Teen Titans Go and the thing with these these Sabrinas and such is they're you know nine minutes, ten minutes, eleven minutes, and they always you know they always sort of feel their the length, but that's not a bad thing though. I think I think the joy of. This Sabrina episode is that it's you know it's about nine minutes and it you know it does it doesn't you know I it doesn't end and I think wow that felt like it was four or five four or five minutes long no it it felt like it was nine minutes long but there's always stuff going on and stuff's always moving and it's always happening it's always going crazy and I think I think that worked for it I think that makes it fun um I mean is it laugh out loud funny is it great stuff I I don't know that it's great stuff it's it's amusing um Sabrina's great in it as always Reggie's annoying And you get to that point where you think, how much, you know, and but you know, like Reggie, how old are they meant to be here? What are they like 16, 17? I mean, Archie's driving, you know, and they they drive around. So, so I mean, 16, 17, you know, I'm imagining they're near the end of high school right here. Um, I mean, they're not certainly not meant to be like 13 or 14 if they're out driving. So, I mean, we're talking 16, 17, um, near the end of high school. And so, you know, Reggie's almost 18, he's almost a man. And he's acting, you know, and and, and the way he's acting, adults act like the way he's acting, you know, very self-centered, very much every story I tell is a great story. Everything I do is wonderful. Nothing you do is is better than what I do. Everything I am is superior. And you get that, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's like when you're a kid, you know, it's like, oh, that precocious little scamp. But when you're an adult, you're, you're kind of a dick, but can kids be kind of dicks too and they, they're like that i think so i think so so you wonder like with reggie right here like is sabrina being kind of too nice <laughs> right here i mean I, I do wonder sort of what she was expecting i mean she sees she can see that like reggie's heart is breaking when the gang leaves so that's why she decides to invite him over for lunch knowing full well that he's going to be like this and Luckily, I guess Aunt Hilda doesn't like him and shrinks him down. Yeah, she doesn't like him from the get-go. And there's some funny stuff with the door opening, and closing, and suddenly Reggie flies through it in a wonderfully ridiculous manner. But basically, yeah, this is just uh, you know just a little bit of setup, and then and then Reggie comes over for for lunch, and Aunt Hilda won't change out of her witch's outfit, and there's a lot of insulting witches and and things like that, and then the craziness with the terrine on his head running around. There's a character named Dalton, D- Dalton, Dalton some kind of nerdy guy. I just called him Nerdlinger who has like he has like rubber sole roller rubber roller skates or something like that which help stop Reggie or something at one But I, I don't even remember what the heck. I wrote down the roller skates but then I wrote, I forgot to write down what it was that happened. Uh how long do we humour him? I mean, he's awful. That's one of my notes. The Liputian potion running around. Now, now Reggie does go for the potato salad. I'm I'm wondering what sort of like Reggie is thinking because like the they put the soup train goes on his head as he's shrinking down. So he must. I mean, he runs across a piano at one point. He's on Salem's tongue. He goes, "I know where I am." So he must kind of know what's happening to him, or maybe he doesn't. Or suddenly he's at the picnic, and it's kind of. I mean, it's kind of wacky. It's sitcom wacky, is what it is. And it's again, it's not. I don't know that it's great, but it's certainly it's certainly it's nine minutes that you can sit and go that wasn't bad that was enjoyable see this is this this folks is kind of why i don't think i can do the full 16 episodes because pretty much every one of these like riverdale ones the the 12 that we have and the four that we don't i mean how am i gonna do the four that we don't i'm gonna have to choose four random ones from the previous season. And how do I know? If I'm picking random, do I get a good one? Do I get a bad one? Is there much difference between a good one of these and a bad one? Well, are they all not just like nine to ten minutes of people rushing around and Sabrina having to try to save the day, you know, over and over again? And that's that's like I said, kind of one of the reasons why I thought I would find this show difficult to talk about, and why I'm only doing one in this mini-sode, which is now over a half an hour long, (laughs) haha, so this might be a maxi-sode episode, but we're going to go into the Groovy Ghoulies section in in a moment, but there is very much um, a feeling of that these episodes, they all kind of are like this, and, I mean, we can discuss variations, that might be fun, but not knowing what the last four are, and having 16 total, I would think we get a little rough, so I'm going to dive into the Ghoulies right now, and, um, uh, we're going to put the groovy goolies on and um let's see and this like i said th- this segment this is known as when i grow up but it's actually just like the middle portion of the middle you know the you know if if you break it up into quarters so this is the second third quarter of the supreme the groovy Ghoulies, episode 1 now we begin outside horrible hall which is down horrible drive i'll, I'll put an image up in the vicinity of this episode where you can see that sort of the first shot of it it's kind of like horrible drive is kind of this really it's it's i mean it's like horrible hall is on like um is on like a little is on like a little i, I don't i don't know what, what would you call it it's it's like you know the the ground ends and there's a cliff and there's a little path bridge stone bridge sort of to where horrible hall is on like a circular space on top of a cliff kind of thing, but there's a little off to the right. When you're looking at a face on, there's a, you get the horrible hall, then you get a little a tree, and then you get a little like stone bridge again, and going off to the right, there seems to be more space. That must be you'll see later on. They have like a a football field, like a sporting field. That must be where the sporting field is. And then we're gonna see also later the weird thing where um, yeah, horrible hall is this weird kind of odd, glorious, strange looking castle thing. There's a TV antenna at the top. There's like a Viking ship on the top. There's weird spot I mean that, that little over on the far right that must be where Hagatha's kitchen is, right? It looks like there's a plane sticking through it. Underneath the words horrible hall, um, which light up uh like neon style. There's um there's an actual like long hallway with like brick walls along each I mean, I absolutely love the, the layout of this building and whenever I watch the show I always try to figure out if I can place where things are you know if you see something we're like oh that's that hallway or oh we're, we're over here or, we're over there or, what are they looking out of and the thing that makes it sort of crazy when you look at it is the realization that I think because there's a moat but there's no sign of a moat there but when we get to weird windows in a few minutes we're going to discuss the back of the building, and so it's this weird, wonderful, gorgeous, strange building, which is outside Riverdale, which is um, where Sabrina's cousins live, and um, we meet yeah, we meet right now, we meet, the main ones are Drac, Frankie, and Wolfman, Drac is sort of like, he sits around reading the newspaper, getting annoyed by everyone so he's kind of like the dad, and then uh, Wolfman kind of like the teen, skateboard and he's driving his drag, drag uh, drag racing vehicle um around not quite a dune buggy like a um the wolf wagon and then Frankie's kind of like a little kid even though he's the big one he's a little he's a little dumb he's a little simple and then and also in there you have uh, well Sabrina shows up from time to time and you also have what do you have you have um Bella who's kind of an Elvira esque um kind of vampira vira kind of character who uh, mans a um. A woman's a uh, a, uh, like the switchboard. Uh, You have Hagatha who is the um, who is the kind of the cook, um, older lady um, witch. Uh, You have who do you have? You have um, uh, the three little kids, um, Ratso, Batso, who are the mischievous ones. Then Hauntleroy, who is kind of like the tubby, prudish. Kind of one who's always getting in. Who, who it's funny, in Groovy Ghoulies he always seems to be getting into. Bats and Rats seem to always be getting him into trouble, or he seems to be getting into trouble, whereas on the Sabrina cartoons, he seems to be a troublemaker. Uh, who else is there? There's um, there's um, Bonaparte, who's a living skeleton. There's Dr. Jekyll. And Mr. Hyde is a two headed um, doctor. There's uh, the mummy, who's a mummy. There's the hand, as Gula Hand. And they all live there together, and they have there's um there's a giant Venus flytrap that seems to eat everything there's a love sick love seat there's an ask it casket. It's funny there's a radio show I think from the forties called Asket Casket, which is kind of like um you know asking questions to the ask It Casket kind of thing and yeah, and they live in this big great house again again, it almost is like teen Titans go ask is that they just seem to be hanging out and they they make jokes and they goof around and they they have dinner and they they put on little plays and stuff like that and um, we'll see that they are called to help out at times in the outside world outside of the horrible hall you know in the in the next segment rose colored glasses but this is just basically it's twenty minutes of them goofing around in their in their castle and it's great because we start off welcome to horrible hall which is how they all start drac flies into the wall when the the window moves but it starts off very after after a couple of sort of blackout gags uh, and and, um, Frankie getting struck by lightning saying, I needed that which I believe is from a commercial at the time Um, I didn't look it up because it would be something, again, I'm I'm saving things for if I do more episodes of this. I don't want to cram everything into this first one because I don't know what else to talk about if I do more. Um, Just suffice to say, at this moment we're just doing the one. So and there are blackout gags, and then, and then Dracula welcomes you to Horrible Hall and kind of shows you around, and then they go into the torture chamber, which um, uh, Drac loves, and uh, you know, of course they get in some shenanigans in the, tor- in the torture chamber. I think Drac calls the stuff in the torture chamber his playthings, I believe. And it's 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 a very fun the whole thing, it's very especially on the ink and paint set, it's very colorful. And it's lovely to look at, and the characters have these great designs. You know, the animation isn't the most fluid, it's filmation, but it's still very fun to watch. And then after a few more gags, they do a there's a performance of Little Red Riding Wolf on stage. And you see like um you see um uh Bonaparte and a whole bunch of ghouls and ghosts and crazy looking monsters and things in the audience constantly booing the show and um i think it's like drac is like grandma and i don't know frankie is dressed as a a girl um but i'm not sure exactly what i mean he's dressed sort of like like a goldilocks type character but he's kind of meant to be like the bear or so it gets confusing um what is it, Mummy and Bonaparte are watching the show along with a lot of um, ghouls, and um, Mummy keeps saying he's going to ask for his mummy back. <laughs> and yeah little red riding wolf and 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 frankie's trying to get the basket of goodies from little red riding wolf dressed as a woman dressed as a bear and there's all kinds of craziness and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense the more you think about it but it is fun to watch and it is goofy and i always like the concept that like is i always wanted like with horrible hall, like i said i've tried to map out um what its interior would be like you know i always thought like one of the things i love watching like um I love watching when there are shows that have, like, big mansions in them or big, like, castles and such. I don't particularly need to people, meet the people who own them. But I'd lo- I'd love to, like, when you see, like, like a big manor house in, like, an episode of, like, Poirot or something like that, I would always think that if I was David Suchet, I would say whenever we go to one of those places and we're doing locations there, I would like to be shown around the place and i don't mean like here's the living room here's the kitchen i would like to be like you know i'm standing in front of the house and like you know a quarter of a mile to my left is the edge of the house you know maybe not that far you know just just like you know three houses down is the end of this i'd like to know what's over there you know it's three stories let's go up to the third story what's up there you you know i mean is it like is it like versailles the palace of versailles are there like suites where people live is it like individual big individual rooms with lots of bathrooms is it are there just like you know do you have like um you know like if a modern day you know do you have like a sort of a tv home theater room like on every floor is there are there multiple kitchens like how would it how would it work when you have a place so big what do you do with all the rooms are there a ridiculous numbers of like studies and just like rooms that just are like filled with random like you know animal heads and books and suits of armor and old chairs and things like well how does it work and that's the way whenever we're in Horrible Hall I always wonder like how does everything work in there we see some rooms over and over again like the main room and like the living room sort of area um, we see Frankie's bedroom we see the kitchen we see the school well the schoolhouse is actually off to one side probably up the path to the other right there but I'd love to know just the layout of the whole place and one of the things of course obviously they have in Horrible Hall is a theater they have a theater with proper seating and i always wonder with horrible hall all those ghouls and ghosts and things that you see in the audience are those like from around the area you know are those you know, ghouls and ghosts from around the place, you know and they're coming to see wolfie's new show are those is it like the palace of Versailles? and all those ghouls and goblins and ghosts live there or if they're all sort of like ghosts and such do they live anywhere do, are they in the house? We just don't see them. I, I'd love to know because you see all these people, but in the house, you in the house itself, you see what the basic like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve people slash monsters living in the house. But then in the in the in the theater scene, you see like another I don't know fifteen of them or something like that. You know, so you wonder. Where do they live? Do they live in the house? I don't know do they live do they live in the local cemetery? I don't know, you know, or if like I said, if they are ghosts, do they just suddenly appear um but uh, yeah so so we get the little Riding Hood thing, which is fun, and then we get uh the first of our our songs, which is a monster cookbook where you see Frankie in bed with all his stuffed animals uh and he's going to get something to eat, and they got what what is it It's like um what do they have to eat? I wrote some of them down It's chocolate meatballs. Uh, marshmallow tacos are the best peanut butter steak chicken stuffed upside down cake I want to say they have licorice pizza which actually doesn't sound that weird nowadays quail stuffed with worms and snails sure Um, and so that's just a a fun song it's a fun bouncy just take a look just take a look in the Monster Cookbook, and then it goes to the second half. So, so now when it goes to Weird Windows, we're in the second half hour. We pass that first um, vault of the the five minutes of Kids News, or isn't math fun? Or let's 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 go places with geography. And you have Weird Windows now. Weird Windows is them looking out of windows and out of hatches in the ground and doorways um, on the side of the the house. But the thing is, look, look, go go to episode one. Ten minutes and ten seconds into episode one on the ink and paint set, and you see, you see the weird windows, and in fact, the camera will zoom in on the weird windows. You, see, but, but, but look at, look at it, look at it. The, the horrible hall, as we saw it from the front, is the very top, the bit in black. The rest of it, which looks like, like the base of a castle, is, is that like hewn out of the rock? So like when we're looking at it from the front. And we see Horrible Hall sitting on top of, you know, the ground. And it looks like stone going all the way down. Is that stone going all the way down for some distance? I mean, it's one, two, three, four, like five, four, five floors, maybe more. Is that all, like, Horrible Hall carved in the stone with, like, windows? I mean, maybe windows on both sides. We can't see them. I don't know, because the weird windows seem to be beneath Horrible Hall. And at the bottom of where the weird windows are, there's a doorway that opens up to a kick-ass, creepy-looking bridge. And the interesting thing about the bridge is the bridge very specifically has two little, above the door, you see there are two little hatches, beneath beneath one of the stained glass windows, there are two little hatches that ropes come out of, and the ropes attach themselves to the bridge. But then if you look in the top right corner of the frame, you'll see two more ropes, coming in from the other side. So behind Horrible Hall and underneath it, so we can't see in that opening shot, there must be something there. Maybe that's where the school yard is? Yeah, because if you look at the top of Horrible Hall and then spin it around, like the antenna is now over on the right, but it was over on the left before, and the Viking ship is now sort of in the center, on the, in the center sort of on the... If, if you flipped it, they'd be in the right spots, right? Wouldn't they? Yeah. Um over on the left. I'm sorry, it's over on the left, a Viking ship, and then you spin it would be over on the right. Yeah. So the implication is that Horrible Hall sits on top of this stone outcropping. Who knows how far down the drop is, but then if you go into Horrible Hall, Horrible Hall goes down into the stone where they've built four or five more stories of the hall. And when you get to the bottom, there's some sort of bridge with just planks that goes somewhere. You can't see where it goes. I, th- I think it might go to where the schoolyard is. And then when you're looking at this image from the back to the left would be where that... um, No, but that would be way up high. Where's the path? Where's that little path? I don't know that I fully understand the way this works, but I'm fascinated by it because they now weird windows and then the camera zooms in on the on the stained glass windows so the implication being that those stained glass windows are everything even though we see ground the ground we're seeing must be that ground near where that drawbridge is or maybe they're a little I don't know I don't know exactly where it is but we're behind everything with the, and the weird windows is just it's it's just like I mean I think I it wrote, wrote it down here it's just like three minutes or so of them just telling jokes bad jokes popping up from places and telling Bad jokes. And then yeah, let's see we meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyden. After this we get tell it to Bella, where Bella is on her switchboard and she she's taking questions from Frankie about his uh oh I'm sorry, Wolfie about his Wolfmobile. Yeah, I'm just I just gotta go in here and they're telling and there's there's an interesting thing where Wolfie is giving the weather for Transylvania, which is weird because they're in Riverdale, which is nowhere near Transylvania. You see the Asket Casket, you see lots of uh, Bonaparte and uh, with a pair of pants on his oh, the piranha, that's right, um Wolfie we get um Wolfie and his pets where Wolfie has a and James Cameron must have seen this when he was young, a flying piranha as a pet. and we get to see the first time here we see at the end of it we see we see Drackery in the newspapers if he were the man of the house, and then we see the moat and the the interesting thing about the moat is that the moat seems to be... And I'm watching him dive in the moat. Now, you can't really tell where the moat is because the moat... The interesting thing about the moat is that the edge of the moat that we see beyond the piranha isn't like um, the ground. It's more... It's wall. It's stone wall. So I'm wondering, could there be like an enclosed moat at some point that we can't see? I'm wondering where this moat is because we see more of the moat and then it cuts from the piranha going in the moat to... Wolfie walking along a bridge but not the same sort of suspension bridge that we saw it's a different bridge above the moat and he makes a comment about keeping your animals well fed and then you think there's going to be a joke and then it goes to tell it to Bella and Bella's missing one of her legs right there and then yeah, Wolfie, more Wolfie stuff. They really like Wolfie in this one. I guess Wolf was meant to be the teen. And then Hagatha is cooking and she needs some sage from a tumbleweed, but the tumbleweeds are keep tumbling away and she can't catch them. She has to do some magic. And again, it's funny, it's wacky, it's all good times. And then I think it all closes out with Hauntleroy and Ratso and Batso, who are featured in the when I I was young, Mama, Mama's and the Puppies segment. There's a stuff with an exercise bike getting you know, out of control that we close off with, yeah, the Mama's and the Puppies I'm um, doing when I grow up with a Tiny Tim-type character singing about how what he's going to do when he's grow up and, and Ratso and Batso cause Haunt Leroy some trouble until they actually make Haunt Leroy huge and he causes them trouble, and then the episode ends. Well, I say the episode ends. This segment of the episode ends. And we goes to the the final segment, which is another uh nine minutes um Sabrina rose colored glasses. And I'll just say the thing the thing with the Groovy Ghoulies is this is like these these Groovy Ghoulie segments, there's nothing really to um I mean I could talk I can talk about stuff like um you know, the like, we, we see, like, Ratso and Batso causing trouble for Hauntleroy, but then Hauntleroy becomes huge. You know, we see the mummies and the puppies, the Tiny Tim-type character, like I said. We see Wolfie with his pet. We see Wolfie with his Wolfmobile. We don't see Drak Drack doing much. I mean, he says the torture chambers are his plaything, so that could be his. And we see Frankie, obviously, eating during the Monster Cookbook, and then Bella doing her thing. We see Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde helping. Bonaparte, when Bonaparte seems to be sick. We see there's a lot of Wolfie... This is kind of a very high on Wolfie episode. We'll get more Frankie stuff, more Drax stuff as we go along. But I mean, it's just it's it's basically I mean the full the full episode t- is what do I have written here? It's a little under twenty minutes. This the segments are a little under twenty minutes, and they're fun. You know, and each one includes about you know a two minute um, uh, segment with the song. So about four minutes of those twenty minutes. Uh, four, to f- four or five minutes of those 20 minutes are songs, and then little sketches, little blackouts, little gags. Um, I guess the least said about the jokes, the better. I mean, they're all bad puns, and um, uh, you sh- you know, um, you show me King Tut eating crackers in bed, and I'll show you a crummy mummy. Stuff like that. You know, jokes where you want to... You know, jokes like, if you can't handle... Like, I'm not a huge pun guy, but the thing about this is watching the Groovy Ghoulies is almost like... Um, it's It's almost like listening to an album by a band who has songs with lyrics, but you don't pay attention to the lyrics like maybe the lyric like here here's the thing you know i've I have a soft spot for eighties heavy metal not specifically hair metal but eighties heavy metal and a lot of eighties heavy metal the lyrics aren't the best you know you're gonna get you know your average album you get a couple songs about you know wanting to fool around with some ladies or vice versa um you'll get a um You know, usually on a heavy metal song in the 80s, you'll get a song about how much they love heavy metal and how much they love to rock. If you're lucky, on an album, you get more than one. You know, sometimes you'll get a song about, like, um, Japan. That was a big one. Or or just traveling, um, rocking and traveling. Uh, You know, you'll get... um, There are certain spots they'll go to, and some bands are better at these lyrics than others. And so sometimes when you're hearing bands... I mean, like, there's a band I love... I don't know if I love, called Fisk, and they're French, and most of their lyrics are really awful, but for some reason, I just love putting it on on one of their albums and just rocking it, you know, and and the lyrics are, the lyrics are secondary just in the same way that here, the, uh, pardon me, the, the the jokes are sort of secondary to the characters and the setup and um the design and the colors and everything about it and and the thing is like when they come in and do the jokes it's fun and then they, they they'll soon after that they'll be onto a sketch or a little side bit which doesn't rely as much on the dumb jokes so i i mean so so like this starts off with you know the the sabrina bit with reggie is you know, not great, but entertaining, nine minutes. And then and then watching the episode, this would have been the first time you saw the Groovy Ghoulies, and they're great. And as a kid, if you didn't want to keep watching this, you're nuts, because the next bit is Rose-Colored Glasses, where Anne Hilda has Sabrina take her Rose-Colored Glasses to the optometrist to get them fixed because they got bent. And Sabrina actually accidentally leaves the rose-colored glasses on Mr. Weatherby's desk. He puts them on and suddenly he's seeing the world through rose-colored glasses and Sabrina has to get the glasses back. And she calls on... Well, Aunt Hilda calls on the ghoulies and the ghoulies show up and try to get the glasses back from him. And it's, its I think, Mummy and Wolfie and Frankie show up. And they're implying that, you know, Drac is sort of... It's, you know... Well, d- well not implying anything. Drac is asleep. Of course, why is Wolfie still wolfie we don't see wolfie as a human There, there is some there are some images some drawings of um wolfie as a human but but i don't think we ever see him as such we don't see him in sabrina the groovy ghoulies as a human um oddly enough in this segment um they dress frankie and drag again i don't know why that is i don't know if that's meant to be like when they would always when bugs bunny would always be in drag i don't know but uh, he's in drag again and that happens and Basically, the episode is, yeah, the, the rose-colored glasses are the glasses, the magic glasses that Aunt Hilda puts on when something terrible is going on and she wants it to look better. There there would be one, one if one was in college and in fraternity, one might uh, refer to beer goggles. And basically, he puts the rose-colored glasses on and suddenly life is a gas and life is groovy and life is swinging and um, Miss Grundy is no longer... You know, Miss Grundy now she's a hot redhead who's chasing around, and Miss Grundy is like, I sh- I shouldn't wear that, uh, whatever perfume or I think she says cologne that she wears She sh- she has to stop wearing that. And Reggie sees him, uh, Mr. Weatherby going crazy. And the funniest moment in the episode is probably when he sees Mr. Weatherby. Ch- I forget he's chasing Miss Grundy and he runs through a wall. Reggie sees it puts on what he thinks of the rose-colored glasses but sabrina's already switched them out and he puts on the rose-colored glasses uh not realizing they're just regular rose-colored glasses and he says watch this arch i'm super kid i'm gonna run right through this wall and then he runs off screen and you just here and then you see reggie on the ground and it's that's very funny that's that's a that's a funny gag. and rose i will say this the addition of the ghoulies, even though they don't do a lot, they will do more in later episodes. They don't; they they're almost sort of tacked on to this one, almost like at the last minute. Because what happens is, in the end, Sabrina just basically says, "Okay, I have to do this myself," and she solves the problem in like one second. And I think what she's trying not to do is she's trying not to expose herself. It's why right, she's trying not to expose herself as a witch. So they send in a werewolf, a living mummy, and a Frankenstein monster dressed as a woman. Uh, okay sure sure I, I guess if they get exposed just the way no one seems to know what horrible hall is or, or who lives there you know the way, if they get exposed it won't matter that's my guess so but it's a fun bit and, and, and to be honest i think it it's it it goes out with that i'm super kid it goes out on a high with the joke right there um I think it, it lingers a bit too long on Frank saying something Frankie's saying something dressed in drag and everyone laughs hysterically for what seems like a half hour. But it ends with a good gag and it ends with ends with a funny bit. I mean I think um I, I don't know, every episode is going to begin with a bit without the ghoulies and um I think when you're watching them, that becomes a bit of a liability because once you spend the 20 minutes in the middle of the episode with the ghoulies, if you like the monsters, if you can get with it, if you love the gothic sort of rundown, decaying castle that's just crazy as heck, it's just so much fun. And I mean, remember, too, that this episode, when you, they're, they all have laugh tracks, but for some reason, not all the video versions have laugh tracks, so... The short change the the one with the red jack, You're forgetting the name of it now. Short change, yeah. Has laugh track. But the rest of it doesn't. The Groovy Ghoulies episode doesn't have a laugh track and, and the rose colored glasses doesn't have the laugh track on on the DVDs. Some of the Groovy Ghoulies episodes do, and to be honest, I kinda like when they have the laugh tracks because it makes it even weirder. It's like hey there's naked bodies on my TV if you've ever seen that, the TNA film from the from I think 77, 78 something like that, where um it's made up of three segments three naughty segments a happy days parody a welcome back cotter parody and a barney miller parody and um and all three segments have laugh tracks in them so it makes you're watching this stuff and it's just so weird and so like seeing these ghouls telling their goofy jokes that aren't funny at all and hearing the laugh track go is fun and it also like there there are random bits like when they tell jokes here you'll see like like hallway doors open, flying open, and you hear laughter, or you hear like gates crashing shut and opening, and you hear laughter, or you'll see some goofy goblin guys who have names, but they don't get named in this episode, jumping around and laughing. Or there's like a dancing like spider lamp, you know. Whenever there's laughter going on, and you know, like dur- during the songs, there are repeated images that you'll see over and over again. Which, if I do more, we could talk about more. But overall, um, it's interesting because. The first... I'll stop talking now because this mini-soda is over an hour long. But when you start off watching it, there's a promise of monsters and weirdness. And then that first 10-minute segment is a pretty standard Archie-Sabrina segment. But then you see Horrible Hall and Drak welcomes you into it. And suddenly the monsters start telling jokes. And there's a laugh track going. And there's like a hippie wolf... And a kind of simpleton Frankenstein monster, and a sort of almost henpecked kind of Dracula, and they're in a torture chamber, and craziness, and there are songs, and they're doing Little Red Riding, and it's just like whoa, what is going? On? And the design of the is so much. I mean, look at the design of the wall when Drac is being on uh, the stretching machine. Look at the design, the green wall of the behind them with like the chains attached to it, and one of the walls seems to be like dripping or oozing or something. It's really, I just, I could sit and watch the Groovy Ghoulies just for, just like look at the animation and the design of it. Um, uh, you know, so obviously stuff does repeat as it goes. Because um, it's just cheaper that way. But it's still fascinating to watch. And then Rose Glasses is bringing in the ghoulies even though they don't do much. Makes it fun. And Rose Glasses is actually like, the short change one is, is okay. Rose Glasses is actually pretty amusing watching, uh, Mr. Weatherby there kind of going crazy and thinking he's hip and cool and and I do wonder and i'll I'll stop here, but um I do wonder with the rose colored glasses when you look through them, does it make you do they make you s- into something that you're not really you know like like um be be or do they or do they make you into what you really would like to be? because i wonder that because because the way and hilda says it but she's a witch is when i put them on i see something terrible or something horrible i see it beautiful or you know i see it as something is wonderful so the the implication being that if she's in a bad situation she could put these on and suddenly it looks good even if it is still bad but mr weatherby is the principal and he just reprimanded sabrina which he seems to love doing that seems to be his thing and and, and then he puts the rose-colored glasses on And suddenly he sees Mrs. G- Ms. Grundy as, as this hot, hot young lady Stacked young lady And he's, he wants to dance And he's l- l- flying through the air And leaping around And everything like that Is that like the real Mr. Weatherby? Or is that the rose-colored glasses Kind of um, trying to Do they adapt for like like if if mrs grundy had put them on would she would she have seen the same sort of thing in that space or would she have seen something different i'm down to know how the rose-colored glasses work is basically what i'm saying because if if when he puts the glasses on he's and he becomes this happy-go-lucky guy if that's him being truly happy then i'm sad that he spent his whole life being a principal but if the, I mean, like, when he takes the glasses off, he only seems disappointed for a moment, and then he goes back to being a principal again. He seems to love it, so so it makes me think that maybe it's giving you, maybe it gives you a different. I mean, because here's the thing: if he loved his life and he put the rose-colored glasses on, wouldn't it look the same? Why would it change? Unless it specifically does that, unless specifically meant to change, it kind of adapts into what you think it's. oh no I've got questions. I've got questions. And if it's Supernatural, I'm probably not going to get any answers. So anyway, that's the end of uh, this mini-sode, which has been over an hour long, the seventh anniversary show. We're discussing Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies from September 1970, episode one of the show. There were 16 total. My plan is this. I would like to talk about more of them. But we've got a full schedule going right now. Um, if, if you know, episode 151 is coming up, and it's going to be the penultimate episode of Gemini Man, it's going to be the fifth episode, I think, of Galactica 1980, and season two, episode one of Lucan. So we got plenty of stuff going on. But what I might do is a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, two weeks from now, two months, two years... I might decide to do another Sabrina the Groovy Ghoulies so you'll get another episode like this. And in that one, I'll tell you a little bit of how I got into the show. Um, and uh, just... Oh, there are those two Bouncing Goblin guys. I'm sorry. I have it playing right here. The The Monster Cookbook is playing right here. But, um, but yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope this wasn't too much of a ramble. Um, but like I said, if we do a second one, if we ever do a second one, that will be... I don't know if it'll be a full-on minisode, but it certainly isn't going to be an hour flipping long. So... Go uh, have some chocolate meatballs and um, uh, and some marshmallow tacos. Jughead will bring the ants. And I'll bring the rose-colored glasses. and We'll have a great time. Be good to yourselves, everyone. Episode 151 looms with the return of Lucan. The return of a character, an old favorite from Gemini Man. Uh, maybe not an old favorite, but a character I like from Gemini Man. And the Super Scouts Part 2 of Galactica 1980. Listen to this, everyone.